The Big Scary Show is brought to you in part by Dark Imaginings. Web design, creepy changing portraits, and much, much more. DarkImaginings.com For the deepest, darkest creeps, to the backwoods swamp near the bottom, for the inside of your casket, to the fears lying deep inside your subconscious, it's time for the Big Scary Show. from the Oddities and Curiosities Expo, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hi, this is Daniel Ballard, General Manager at The Haunted Farm in Hendersonville, North Carolina, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hi, this is Beth Williams from Drop Dead Design Studios, listening to The Big Scary Show. Hello, creeps. It's me, John Kassir, the voice of... The Crypt Keeper. <laughs> and you're listening to The Big Scary Show, the top podcast in the industry. <laughs> Hi, this is Robert Kelly from Dark Seed Creations, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hello, this is Robert Mukes from House of a Thousand Corpses. We're coming to you live from the Big Scary Show. This is Reverend Michael from Sinister Sydney in Sydney, Iowa, and you're listening to the Big Scary Show. You're listening to the Big Scary Show with three Big Scary Men and one that wears more makeup than I do. Alright, once again, it's time for another amazing, awesome, super great episode of The Big Scary Show. That's right, the best podcast in the haunt industry is bringing information, and we've been doing it for almost 10 years now. Can you believe it? And boy, do we got a banquet, a complete feast for you this time, for you to really wet your whistle and and get your appetite going for the haunt industry. Speaking of which, we're going to go with Badger and find out what's going on in Deadline News. Meat Hook Jim's going to let us know about what goes on with a crucifixion in Between the Corpses. And hey, you gotta get the great advice from the old crone. We're going to ask her what's up with character development. I'll be back this week with a brand new Haunt Minute. And I'm going to, you know, see if there's a little change in the industry or a little experiment. Some big park might be doing something very different this October. And we'll talk about it in a Haunt Minute. But of course, you got the highlight, the big meal, the super serving. Yes, that will be the round table of terror. 
and we're going to do something we haven't done in a while. Yes, this week's Round Table of Terror. This episode, we have the Food Fight Edition. That's a non-title match. You'll have to listen and figure that out. But play at home as we do the Food Fight Edition of the 13 Questions of Doom. Hey, we're going to got some great desserts and treats to go with everything this episode we got more information find out what's going on with the gruesome giveaway your greatest way to win prizes through our podcast from some great sponsors and things we'll have some rocking music our awesome sponsors keeping us going that's right big scary show a big banquet for a feast to get your haunt juices going that's right episode 258 comes at you right now ladies and gentlemen a minute with america's fearless shock producer packager of frenzy of blood as he lays it on the line why your brutally frank package of films consisting of I dismember mama and blood-spattered bride. Ah, oh, let's not kid each other. You see it in the headlines every day. I finally had guts enough to put it on film. Why were these two motion pictures put together? To act as a rude awakening, an eye-opener, sir. After all, people have a right to see and judge for themselves. Ah, oh, come on. I've seen these films, and frankly, I think they're too violent, too raw, too brutal for the average person. Haven't you even taken any precautions? No one under 17 will be admitted unless they're properly accompanied by a parent or adult guardian. We'll be strictly enforcing the R rating and be passing out a little device to everyone attending our showings. Will you enlighten us in regard to that device? No, not on the radio. I dismember Mama and Blood Spattered Bride, a frenzy of blood that'll take you through the ringer and doesn't care where the axe falls. Trans World's Halloween and Attraction Show returns to the America Center in St. Louis, March 17th through 20th, for another year of spooky Halloween thrills and chills. Join haunters from all over the world as they network, attend classes, demos, and seminars, and walk the aisles of the show floor featuring the top haunt vendors in the world. Don't forget the After Hours events, including the party at City Museum, the return of the Vampire Circus, the state of the industry, and the Oscars Award. Once again, Transworld welcomes back its Christmas trade show and room escape show all under one roof. Visit www.haashow to get more information and register for the biggest show of the year, and we'll see you in St. Louis. Hello, everybody. We are at the Oddities and Curiosities Expo here in Charlotte, North Carolina for the Big Scary Show, and we have been walking past this guy's booth all day long, and he has been swamped, as most of the vendors have been swamped. Today, I've got George Coghill with Monsterologist. He does some amazing patches, stickers, and artwork and everything. George, how you doing? I'm doing great. It's been an awesome show. I've been super busy, too. So. Yes, you have. This is like the first time I haven't seen you completely filled up here. So It literally is the only time. <laughs> what a horrible problem to have. It's, this is the per- This is... This is that's why I'm here. <laughs> there you go, and of course we don't have to ask how the show's been because it looks great for you. Now you know everybody's got their battle vests, they've got their stickers, they need their patches, they need their buttons and everything. You are here to fulfill those orders. You've got everything from Bigfoot Army, Godzilla Squad, Krampus stuff, all sorts of the classic monsters and back patches and things like that. But you've got a new series of stuff coming out this year. 
Well, what I'm going to do this year is in 2020, I did the Paranormal Places travel patch set. And then what I'm going to do, because th those things have been a uh, big success, and as, so as soon as I released them, everybody's like, what about this place? What about this monster? <laughs> so, like, all of those are coming out. I'm, I've been working on the artwork over the winter, and I'm hoping to get all the patches done. And then I'll also, because what I also did, I the original idea for the travel patches was the travel posters, which you see behind you. and But I needed to get the artwork just right for those, and I did the patches first. So I'm kind of doing those in tandem for the rest of the travel pa paranormal pa places. Travel patches will get a poster, a travel poster, and then I'm going to expand the set for posters and patches. Hopefully, the patches hopefully this year, and then the posters as they come. But yeah, and those patches I hope that made sense. <laughs> well, the travel things are things like the Mothman in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, and you know Area 51, Fresno. Uh, Loveland, Ohio, Flatwoods, West Virginia, the Pine Barrens of New Jersey, where there's a lot of cryptid and weird, unexplained stuff going on. I, 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 exactly. And what I did was, the idea, the basic idea was I thought, hey, they have travel patches for all of these, like, uh, you know, national parks and all these other destinations. I'm like, what about all the weird places? Because so many of these creatures, like Skinwalker Ranch was kind of the instigation for the whole thing. Because I'm like, how do you do a pat? Like I had monster patches before for Bigfoot and Nessie or whatever. Right. But how do I do Skinwalker Ranch? It's not really a name for the creature. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. I just do the locations. And then I thought, well, wait a minute. Mothman and Point Pleasant are like hand in hand. Then you have the Loveland Frogman. I'm like, that's perfect. Like all these places were. They're, they're local legends. They're local lore. Boggy Creek and Area 51 and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. So, like, people know Roswell. They know Area 51. So the places is just as much of a character as the creature, so, as creatures for some of these places. So, so yeah, the, those came out. Those, those kind of like the, the the lineup of the patches were defined for me and then like I said as I released these things everyone's like where's the beast of Ray Road and where's uh, the lizard man because like a lot of these places lizard man's got skateboard swamp so there's a whole bunch of uh, more there's more places that are coming and I'm trying to think of which, which other ones I have on there I mean, because, like, I got Lake, Lake Champlain for... Uh, Pogo Pogo. Uh, well, for that, too. Like, there's so many of them. So, like, right. I, I'm trying to keep the ones that are more where the the uh, the, the, the name recognition is, is way up there. So that's those got my focus. But then I'm also working on stuff for, like, the Jackalope and the Nain Rouge and the Rougarou. So those, those don't have a specific place as much as the... It's kind of a weird one, but I'm going to tie those in somehow because there's... Like th these things have resonated with people to a degree where they, every time I they see them, they're like, "Here's five more you need to do." So <laughs> I, I got this huge list now. It's great when you get customer feedback and you know those are going to sell because they're begging you to make those. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point, <laughs> right? And, and of course, you know, you've got your classic. You've got your back patches and your mini back patches stuff like the Skeleton Crew, the Stingy Jacks, which I own on a different vest. And you've got this new, looks like classic or modified classic Universal monsters. I see the Frankenstein's monster, the mummy, the the vampire, the Wolfman, and all that. Is that new? Yeah, those I did last year, and like I do for most of the, at least the, the full series, I did a, uh, a campaign on Kickstarter for those. And basically, I just when I the instant the inspiration for all of this stuff was, I think I've told you this last time we talked, where I'm like. I just want to draw all the monsters that when I was an eight-year-old kid, I wanted to draw back then, but didn't think I was good enough. So I ha like, I've been working on those. I call them the classic creeps, and I've been working on like, essentially what 
eight-year-old me pictured Frankenstein as. So it doesn't look exactly like Frankenstein, but it's like my version of it, my eight-year-old me sure. version of it. And uh, I just obsessed over these things for the past, I mean, literally for two and a half, because, I mean, I would work on it. This isn't good enough. That's not good enough. So I'm hoping that they came. I'm, I'm happy with, I'm rarely happy with what I do, but I'm happy with these. But, yeah, I, there's, they're kind of like all the classic uh pop culture horror guy, creatures so I, I, if you have a if your brand is monsterologist you have to, I had to have those of that, was, course. that was a huge uh, gap in my, in my life gotta have so, the classic universal monsters right. so for people who are needing to fill up their battle vest people who need stickers buttons and all that for all their day to day wear what are the websites and social medias where people can get more information well my website is monsterologist.com and all of my social media is some form of monsterologist. Sometimes it has the underscore, but if you go to my website, it's all linked there. So check out monsterologist. Just do a Google search for it. You're going to find the art of George Coghill. George, always a pleasure. I'm glad that you know you've now got a line of people wanting to buy stuff. So I'm going to step back here. But once again, congratulations on what seems to be a successful show here at the Oddities and Curiosities Expo in Charlotte, North Carolina. My name's Drew Badger for the Big Scary Show, and we're out. Abominator on the Big Scary Show.
Hey, honors, it's Patrick Voss with VFX Creates. We are crazy busy getting ready for Transworld's Halloween and Attraction Show. Stop by booth 714 and 715 and see our amazing new products, as well as Psycho the Clown, Sally Zombie, The Banshee Box, and so many more. Scare, entertain, and promote with VFX products. Details at VFXCreates.com. See you at the show. Music by Midnight Syndicate. Greetings, Greetings listeners, listeners, and welcome. And welcome. Watch out, don't trip over that torso. It's time for Between the Corpses. Greetings, listeners. Meat Hook Jim here. And on this episode of Between the Corpses, we are going to cover crucifixion. Crucifixion was a common form of punishment between the 6th century BC and the 4th century AD. Fit for the most lowly and reviled criminals, it was, for example, the fate of captured followers of Spartacus, the rebel gladiator who waged war on the Roman Empire some 60 years before the birth of Christ. Flavius Josephus, a Jewish diarist and historian, mentions the affecting sight of rows of crosses bearing bodies during his travels with Roman overlords. I saw many captives crucified and remembered three of them as my former acquaintances. I was very sorry at this in my mind and went with tears in my eyes to Titius and told him of them. So he immediately commanded them to be taken down and to have the greatest care taken of them in order to their recovery, yet two of them died under the physician's hands while the third recovered. Proof, if any, was needed that a spell on the cross caused grievous injury and suffering before death prevailed. Josephus recorded that significant numbers of crucifixions were ordered by Syria's Antagius the fourth during the Jewish Maccabean revolt in 167 BC and by the Maccabeans themselves in conflict with the Pharisees 60 years later. The ruthless Syrian king had the sons of victims hung around their necks as they gasped their their last. Maccabean king Alexander Janius ordered his men to slit the throats of the wives and children of the 800 men crucified before their eyes in a final sadistic twist. The origins of this appalling way of killing are unclear, but its advocates include the Phoenicians, Greeks, Egyptians, Persians, and latterly the Romans. At first, the methodology was simple. Victims were strapped to a single stake, firmly rooted in the ground and left to die from thirst, starvation, or attacked by wild animals. The crossbeams were introduced and the crucifixion had either four points like the Christian cross, three points as in the large letter T, or an X shape, known as the St. Andrew's cross, as he is believed to have died on such a construction. Scripture bears out other historical evidence of the procedure in Roman times. The condemned were whipped and dragged the beam of the cross to the execution site, and an entire cross would be too heavy for one man to move. At the cross, the victim was nailed to through the palms and feet. 
and wore only a loincloth. The feet rested on a small wooden platform to help keep them in place. The judge sometimes showed pity and had crucified men killed before sundown. Death came more quickly and more painfully when legs or arms were broken. Nevertheless, the crucified often spent hours alive on the cross in the hot sun at the mercy of hordes of insects. In later years, the cross was inverted, its top buried in the ground. Victims hung upside down were hastened toward coma and death. Japanese crucifixions had further embellishments, with the executioner causing painful injuries without bringing the hour of death closer. Constantine, the Roman emperor and convert to Christianity, abolished crucifixion in AD 337 as a mark of respect for Jesus. It was used in France until the 12th century and exists as a punitive option under the Islamic code today. Uh, I'll pass. Thanks. Catch you on the next episode. Enter the haunted world of Fright Find and discover an environment dedicated to promoting your haunt. Target customers who will influence others on attending haunt attractions as Fright Find brings in scream seekers looking for haunted places, events, and accommodations of every sort. Various exposure options give you the ability to reach your audience throughout the year. Don't be afraid. Go to FrightFind.com now to add your haunt for free and see for yourself the difference Fright Find will make in your haunt listing. Hi folks, it's Drew Badger and this is Deadline News for episode 258. And we're going to start off with some haunt news. This time, from Factory of the Dead, haunted attraction in Saginaw, Michigan. Curse of the Leprechaun is a one-day-only event on Saturday, March 19th from 7 to 11 p.m. Experience an interactive St. Patrick's-themed haunted house special event. For one night only, navigate through the haunt and experience the Curse of the Leprechauns. Find and trade cursed gold coins with evil leprechauns as you navigate the attraction to use at the gift shop for escape room, jelly ball, and axe throwing upgrades. Do you have the luck of the Irish to survive the St. Patrick's Leprechaun Curse? Make sure to also book your escape room, jelly ball, and axe throwing ahead of time because they will book fast. Get more information at their Facebook page, facebook.com slash factory of the dead. We have this from the Warehouse Haunted Attraction in Weber City, or Weber City, Virginia. Are you feeling lucky? For one night only, the warehouse opens its doors for a night of evil. The leprechauns are running amok again, and seems there is no end to this battle. Killian has unleashed creatures that seem to be from the bowels of hell. Are you lucky enough to escape pure terror? Find out on March 19th. Get more information at facebook.com slash clinch mountain amusements we have some convention news this time an update from crypticon seattle we have a new guest announcement crypticon seattle is delighted to welcome actor alex vincent to the convention may 20 through the 22nd at the doubletree hotel in seattle washington 
Alex is best known to genre fans for his recurring, ro recurring role as Chucky's original owner, Andy Barclay, in Chucky, Child's Play, Child's Play 2, Cult of Chucky, and Curse of Chucky. Come celebrate all things Chucky with Alex and his Chucky slash Child's Play 2 co-star, Christina Lease. Keep up with updates and more at CrypticonSeattle.com. We have this update to the New Jersey HorrorCon and Film Festival coming to Atlantic City, New Jersey. Joe Bob Briggs is coming to the New Jersey HorrorCon on April 8th, 9th, and 10th. Joe Bob Briggs is a nationally syndicated drive-in movie critic whose wise-cracking take on B-movies was featured on two long-running late-night television shows, first on the Movie Channel and then on TNT. That tradition continues with his latest series, The Last Drive-In, currently featured on AMC's Shudder streaming platform. Briggs is also a successful investigative journalist, actor, and author. His books include the true crime classic Evidence of Love, Profoundly Disturbing, and Eccentric Orbits, The Iridium Story. He has appeared in several movies and TV shows, including The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, Casino, The Stand, and Great Balls of Fire. Don't miss your chance to meet Joe Bob Briggs, April 8th through the 10th at the Showboat Hotel in Atlantic City. Get more information at njhorrorcon.com or at njhorrorcon on Instagram and Facebook. We have an update from Days of the Dead coming to Chicago. It is with great pleasure that we announce the addition of actor Doug Jones to the guest roster for Days of the Dead Chicago, happening May 13th through the 15th at the Crown Plaza O'Hare. Although known mostly for his work under prosthetic makeup, such as the zombie Billy Butcherson in the Walt Disney Pictures Halloween film Hocus Pocus, or the lead spy Morlock in the 2002 remake of The Time Machine, he's also performed without prosthetics in such films as Adaptation, Mystery Men, and Batman Returns, and indie products such as Stefan Haves' Stalled, Anti-Kaiser Productions' Three Lives, Phil Donlin's A Series of Small Things, and many, many more. Get more information about Days of the Dead at daysofthedead.com. We have this update from the Texas Frightmare Weekend coming to Dallas. We are thrilled to announce that Alice Creege is appearing at Texas Frightmare Weekend this April 29th through May 1st. Alice recently appeared in Netflix's all-new Texas Chainsaw Massacre as Leatherface's caretaker, Mrs. MC. She's also known for other roles, including in Chariots of Fire, Ghost Story, Sleepwalkers, Star Trek First Contact as the Borg Queen, Deadwood, Silent Hill as Christabella, Gretel and Hansel, and much more. Tickets and more info available at TexasFrightmareWeekend.com. We have this update from the Carolina Fear Festival coming to Raleigh, North Carolina. We have a special guest announcement, Mark Patton. Best known in the horror community for his role in A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge, which became a much-loved cult classic that inspired the documentary Never Sleep Again, The Elm Street Legacy, in which Mr. Patton also starred. Get tickets to the Carolina Fear Festival happening Memorial Day weekend at the NC State Fairgrounds in Raleigh at carolinafearfest.com. And finally, we have this news regarding the Friday the 13th franchise. This comes to us via iHorror.com. Friday the 13th Part 3 is easily one of the best movies of the franchise. From its 80s-filled theme song to the 3D effects to the fashion, 
Part 3 was easily the most 80s of the bunch. Not an easy feat. In another attempt by the existential void to make us all feel our age, the third entry is now celebrating its 40th anniversary. In order to do that, they've decided to give it a very cool special edition Steelbook Blu-ray release. The third installment in the Friday the 13th series picks up on the day after the carnage with homicidal maniac Jason Voorhees stealing some clothes and killing a local store owner. Meanwhile, Chris and her sometimes boyfriend Rick are hosting a group of teenage friends at Chris's Lake House. Despite a run-in with a local biker gang, they enjoy an amiable weekend together until Jason begins knocking off kids and bikers alike. You can find Friday the 13th Part 3 in stores beginning May 10th. Remember folks, if you have news in the haunted house, Halloween, or horror industries, and you want it on the show, email it to us, news at bigscaryshow.com, and we'll get it on the show. No news is too big or too small. This concludes this edition of the Big Scary Show's Deadline News. <laughs> Go. Hello, everybody. Drew Badger here. We are live at the Oddities and Curiosities Expo in Charlotte, North Carolina. We are hanging around with all the cool kids, vending out here, meeting lots of people. Some of them have heard of us. Some have not. We've been plugging the show pretty heavily. Been able to walk the floor a little bit. It is packed in here right now. But one of the vendors we have right across from us is Dark Seed Creations, based out of Somerville, South Carolina. They have some... Uh, let's just be frank, some creepy-ass stuff in their, in their booth. If you like things made of, shall we say, human skin and other stuff, you might want to check out Dark Seed Creations. I've got Robert Kelly with me. How are you, sir? Great. How are you? Um, I've been sitting over here being slightly creeped out, but, boy, you have had a mess of people going in there checking out all the things. And, and it looks like, like more than half of your stuff is uh, made of body parts. It's been pretty busy. Yeah, we, we like to uh, we like to work it with realism, so we make a lot of things out of life castings and, and things like that. Um, and uh, we, we generally split our, split our business between the oddity industry and uh, haunts and the uh, horror FX industry. It, it looks great. A lot of the stuff is pretty realistic. Um, you know, you've got, like, you know, human skin lampshades and some other things out here. What are some of the products that you are selling here? Well, we make uh, human skin lamps or horror lamps. They're not real human skin, no, right? No, Just to clarify. Uh, latex life casting. Okay. Um, we will say that if you do <laughs> check us out on Facebook, we are working on a an actual human face, uh, uh, an, an actual mask made out of a human face for a private collector right now. So uh, there will be we'll some. We'll talk about that off the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there are some. We'll get some pictures of that later. We make goat skin masks. Uh, our real, our real, real skin mask lines are made out of goat skin, but they contain uh, human teeth, human hair, things like that. So we try to bring as much realism as we can to the industry. And, and, and again, you know, you've just been crowded as can be. You know, I see skeleton rib cages and all this kind of stuff. What are people mostly buying today? And, and I know you vended at Mad Monster last week, and you vend around at other places. What are your more popular items? Well, we, we always bring the, the fun little teddy bears. So we've got the teddy bears with the faces ripped off and the skull faces. And those are always a favorite for anyone. Uh, the lamps have done real For your nursery, today. of course. Yeah. yeah, you know, every kid needs one. The... Uh, the lamps have done real well, and, and we've also sold out of pretty much most of our, oh. our burlap scarecrow masks. Congratulations. Those look really cool, too. 
So where will you be vending? I assume you travel throughout the south, southeast, mm-hmm. and doing things. Where are you going to be in, say, the next three or so months? Um, we'll be doing a lot of the southeast punk flea markets across South Carolina. Uh, in April, we'll be at the Grave Face in April in Savannah. Yes. Um, later on in the year, we'll be checking out Spookala in Ocala, Florida. And then after that, it'll be moving on into more Mad Monster shows and Monster Mania and stuff like that as the year goes on. I, I hear there's a new show going on at the end of July in Savannah. Are you familiar with that one? I've heard that... about it, but we're, we're not okay. set up to see it, to, to go to it right now. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, for somebody who might want to check out some of the pictures, see like the lampshades or the teddy bears and everything with Dark Seed Creations, what are some of the websites or social medias where people can see that, get prices, and maybe shop online if they can't come to a show where you're vending? Sure. You can always check us out at www.darkseedcreations.com. All of your uh, social media, we're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. You can just search for Dark Seed Creations. Um, we also have Etsy pages. We're pretty much able to be found about anywhere. So look for Dark Seed, S-E-E-D, Dark Seed Creations online, That's and it. chances are they're going to pop up and uh, probably creep the hell out of you too. <laughs> Happy sleepless nights. <laughs> we love it, especially with the teddy bears. Robert Kelly, a pleasure to have Absolutely. you here on the Big Scary Show. Once again, folks, Dark Seed Creations. Check them out. They've got some really cool stuff. If you like Ed Gein, if you like, you know, cannibalism kind of stuff, or if you just want a creepy-ass lampshade or a cool teddy bear, goat skins, whatever, go check them out. Once again, folks, at the Oddities and Curiosities Expo in Charlotte, North Carolina, my name is Drew Badger for the Big Scary Show, and we're out. Want to take your haunt to a new dimension of terror? Then let Dark Imaginings conjure up some ghoulish graphics and web design services for your home, haunt, or crypt. Mm. To see more of our products and services, drop by darkimaginings.com. Let us help you get ahead of your competition. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, can you believe Transworld is merely days away? Depending on when you're listening to this, it is either going on immediately or will be happening or is happening now. Thank you for listening for almost 10 years to the Big Scary Show. And because everybody's kind of in last second Transworld lockdown mode, we couldn't get any guests tonight. We didn't have any uh, anybody who could spare the time because they're all building their booths and finishing up all this good stuff. So once again, as we are wont to do about once, maybe twice a year, it is time for the Haunt Industries soon-to-be-famous game show, The 13 Questions of Doom. We've done this many, many times. We will turn the microphone over to Storm, who will be hosting tonight. I do want to give one quick disclaimer. For those of you who remember the last 13 questions of Doom, our champion of that show was actor David Howard Thornton, a.k.a. 
Art the Clown from Terrifier, but he could not be here tonight to defend his title, so we had an emergency meeting of the Big Scary Show governing board, and we decided unanimously, because we didn't want Art to be sicked on us, this will be a non-title game. Non-title match, sanctioned but non-title. We will have a winner, but they cannot carry the belt until David Howard Thornton has the opportunity to defend his title. So that being said, I am going to give the microphone over to Storm. Take it away, Storm. I'm horrified that now we have to find a budget to, for a belt for this game. <laughs> We're talking <laughs> to me, like Jim. He knows yeah. how to get belts. I can get belts. Welcome, everybody, and thanks. And rumors of my death, greatly exaggerated. Thank you for the water power that said save Storm in the meantime. But yay, I'm back. And we have 13 questions of doom. I, I don't even know which number this one is because, you know, my computer's in the other room, hasn't been turned on for three weeks. So, you know, I'm dusting that off. So Haunt Minute will be fun in this episode, folks. Make sure you take a listen to that. Uh, but yes, 13 questions of doom. And I was trying to think of something else which would be, you know, a little different, a little interesting. And did have a little incident while in the hospital with meatloaf. And I, you know, realized to myself, we've never done a foodie one. So, yes, tonight's 13 Questions of Doom will be the big scary show, Food Fight. So I have to bear with me as I find where I put the questions to. Nothing's in its usual place. All right. So just how it goes, if any of you have ever been familiar with, uh, you know, the roundtables you'd see on PBS, uh, the, you know, some of the old shows, we're, we're going to go around our three contestants tonight, which is going to be Jim, Badger, and Jonah. Um are going to compete against each other with each question, and they will give the best possible answer. There is always a correct answer with this one. And, of course, you have to know the show and, and know me that I'm going to tell you what the correct answer is. And I'll be judging on points at the end of the night. We'll see who has the points and who will win this non-title match. Pretty much a qualifier to see who can go after that non-existent, soon-to-be-made uh, belt uh, I guess that we're going with that. <laughs> All right. So are our contestants ready? Do they understand the rules? Yes. Yes. I think yes. today is International Women's Day. So I'm going to represent all of the female haunters and I'm going to win. Okay. That works. That works. Princess now you've trained wreck was going to say that. Divulge <laughs> oh, well. a secret on when we record this too. So. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, it's not kidding. All right. So. Let's get this going. Question number one. We're just going in the order. I got it right here first. Jim, this first question is for you. What celebrity chef would make the best honor? Oh, gosh. Oh, uh, wow. Celebrity chefs would make the best haunter. Uh, you know, there's so many of them out there, but uh, I'm going to go with Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay. That's yeah. interesting. Why that? Because he'd be in your face. I've had him in my jacket. You know what? I'll give I'll give you a I'll give you a point on that one. And and, and I'm not kidding either. He's actually been in my jacket. I got to meet him on set for Kitchen Nightmares once, and it was really cold, New England, and he got in my jacket with me, which was really weird, but pretty cool. Very funny guy. You wouldn't, wouldn't know that. All right, Badger, what about you? What celebrity chef do you think would make the best haunt? Wow. Um, obviously, I would have to say Bobby Flay because, you know, some characters would like to flay you alive while in their haunt. 
While I like the punt, I'm not giving you any points because Bobby Flay is a diva. He'd be a terrible haunt. He'd be the one you don't want. He's that diva haunt. But the the, the pun was pretty good. Jonah, the correct answer is still out there. You can steal this question in your first ever 13 question of doom. Who do you think would be the best celebrity chef as a haunter? I'm going to go with Julia Charles because she's already dead. Oh, my goodness. She got that. She got it. Oh, yeah. Correct answer. Yes, the, the, the two correct answers would be, of course, Julia Child, because A, she did everything, including being a spy during World War II, and she's currently dead, so you'd have to reanimate her corpse, and possibly Guy Ferrari, because, well, he just looks like a clown at any point in time anyway, <laughs> so you're good to go. So, wow, look at that. Right out the gate, Yay, stealing, stealing an extra point with that first one. Now, it, it just shows that you know the show. All right, question number two. Badger, we're going to have you do this one first. Question number two, what's the best post-haunt food? Best post-haunt food. (sighs) You know, saying pizza would just be such a tired old cliche because everybody does it. Mm. But I'm going to divert back to our good friend of the show, Kelly Collins, who used to work for White Castle. And the, the night or two that I guest acted at the Scaratorium in Columbus, Ohio, he would always have just literally dozens and dozens of White Castle sliders out there for you to eventually get sick of eating. But uh, that was almost the perfect after-haunt food right there. Uh, well, a couple issues with that one. Well, White Castle, wonderful, wonderful have. Um, there are parts of the country where there are no White Castles within a couple hundred miles. Same way New England. So no points there. Also, White Castle, while it's good right after it, the next morning you're going to die. If you're doing White Castle after a haunt on a Saturday night and you got a Sunday run, nope, your haunt's going to be terrible on a Sunday. Jonah, what about you? What do you think is the best post-haunt food? I would say um, Waffle House. I'll I'll give you a point for Waffle House. There's, There's always some sort of diner or something that goes into that, so we'll We'll loop them together. Not too bad. Good answer. Good answer. But, uh, you know, having the haunters figure it out and do it themselves. Jim, there's still a better answer than uh, Waffle House. What do you think is the best post-haunt food? You know, I've got two. Um, I'm going to throw one out tongue-in-cheek, and then I'm going to answer your question. Uh, When I used to work at the Dent Schoolhouse, we had a kegerator, so beer. Beer's not a bad one. But I'm going to say mac and cheese. Mac and cheese? That's not too bad. That's a, you know, I'll give you that because that's one of the things uh, some of the haunts I worked at, they'd come around with to your haunters with the mac and cheese in a, a styrofoam cup, and you try and swell that down in between scaring. Not too bad, but still, the best post-haunt food is late-night Chinese. If you can find a Chinese place still open, if you can have one where you can show up there in costume and do an order, win. And it's always a win, too, because there's something on the menu for everybody. So the haunter who actually has $10 to buy a meal can actually buy it. And the haunter who seems to never have money can actually still eat. So late night Chinese, one of the best, because you also get all your food groups, your vegetables. You get your, your carbo loading for the next day. You, you may not die. It's, it, it works out real well. And it's so much fun for the other people to show up at late night Chinese right after the haunt. So yeah, we're on that. to question number three. Oh, this is one of my favorites. So, Jonah, you're going to get question number three first. 
Uh, we'll see how okay. you do on this one. Okay. What is the best taco filling? Uh, I, I want to say beef, but I feel like I should say something more exotic. Well, but, I mean, there's beef, there's steak, there's, you know, you could go to a Chipotle and it's in a different language. You know, I'm, I'm still not exactly sure what a carnita is, but you can put it in a taco. <laughs> you can put anything in a taco. Choco Taco has proven that. What's the best taco filling? Um, I'm going to have to say, um, you, no matter what meat you do, you have to have sour cream. So I'm going to say sour cream. cream. Uh, you know, that's, a, that's a grande taco. I don't think I'm giving any points for, for grande <laughs> okay. tacos. Wah, wah. Badger, what about you? What is the best taco filling? After a night of haunting? Oh, just any time, really. Oh, okay. If it's just generic any time, then uh, can't beat good good old chopped sirloin right there. Sirloin, that's all right. Not too bad. Badger likes his high-end tacos. We'll give him a point for that one. This is steak sirloin. Jim, what about you? What is the best taco filling? Well, I'm going to go with my preference for taco filling. Mm-hmm. A barbacoa beef. Barbacoa, very ugly pig, wonderful stuff. We'll give you a point for that one. That's not too bad either. However, the correct answer, and again, if you've been playing along for the past 10 years, you probably would have figured that one. Chupacabra, Al Pastor. I mean, how could you go wrong with that for tacos? It's got to be that. No other way to do it. That was my second choice. (laughs) All right. We're already up to question number four. Jim, question number four is you have no spoon. What do you eat your pudding with? Uh, I'm going with my fingers. Fingers. No, we're, we're not doing that. Not too creative. Desperate, but not creative. Jonah, what about you? You have no spoon. What do you eat your pudding with? Nunchucks. No, nope. I'm giving a point for that one. That's, that's a weird one. And that would be something to like see on a YouTube. You know, it'd be like, oh, look, someone eating pudding with nunchucks. That's a link you quick, you click. But uh, we'll see. Badger, what about you? You can steal this one. Actually, get some, get back in this game because you're hurt. I'm falling fast. Is it in one of the little pudding cups or is it in like some other kind of container? Either or. I mean, you could do the pudding cup and then you're going to say the top wrapper thing that you, you know, will forge into a spoon. And I might take a point away for that. Oh, God, no. If it's just one of those little pudding cups, you just dive your tongue right in and go and. Out it comes. You know, the, the haunt I mean, way to do really that. Disgusting uh, uh, way. I'll give you a point for that, especially if you're around anybody else for that one. Uh, we now know how Badger met his wife. Uh, so we'll just give you a point out. on that one. Um, <laughs> but the actual answer would be either pretzel sticks, as my wife found out when, you know, I couldn't find silverware at the apartment and she was first a haunter. There were some pretzel sticks sitting around. Tried them with the pudding. It's great. It works. And of course, if anyone here is a Doctor Who fan, you can eat your custard with fish sticks. So after four questions, we have Jonah still in the lead with four points. Not too bad. Jim pulling up uh, with three points and Badger still in it with two. Question number five. Jonah, I'll give you this one first. Uh, most, what is the most haunt-related alcoholic beverage? Most haunt-related? Yeah, the best haunt theme, you know, best... Best, best type of haunt, haunt, just subject alcoholic beverage. Could be beer, could be a mixed drink, could be anything, could be a way you serve it. 
I don't drink. Um, so <laughs> very limited in my knowledge. And, and Badger doesn't. <laughs> Badger doesn't watch movies. You still get the question. Um, I'm gonna say uh, Jägermeister because that's the most disgusting thing I could think of. We'll give you a point because you know we've seen the effects of Jägermeister on haunters, uh, on haunters off season, uh, just anytime. So we'll give you a point on that one. That's at least getting something in there, but not as creative. Number two. Yeah. Not as creative to get the uh, bonus points on that one. Badger. What about you and your your combined knowledge? You know, not really a huge drinker yourself or a movie watcher, but uh, for you, what, what do you think would be the most haunt related alcoholic beverage? Well, the, the memories of bus number two drinking Hungarian absinthe come to mind. That's uh, that was no, something. No points for absence because as oh. a favorite drink of a previous podcast, we were all related to the host of that. Love that. Talked it up to everything. So by Big Scary Show standards and practices, you cannot receive a point for that. Actually, ha- I actually hadn't given my real answer, but that was oh, uh, I'll take the I'll take the zero if if that's what I must do. Well, yeah, if you're given three answers a thing, that doesn't work. No, I was just going to say that that would have been my memory, but I, I did have the the real answer well, in my head was yeah. if allowed, Black yeah. Death Vodka, Black Death Vodka. No. No, yeah. still no points. Same result. No, nice same try. Result. Yep, same result. The skull with the top hat, just you know. Well, that's, that's fitting. But that's that's like half of them out there. That's like half the wines, half the everything's every craft beer. Jim, what about you? The answer is obvious. A bloody Mary. Not too bad. I'm gonna give you a point and a half. Almost. It would be three Bloody Marys served on a mirror. Okay. Ah. Uh-huh. But yeah, definitely, definitely thinking the right way. See, this, this is how Jim sometimes, you know, could be contending for that title. All right. So that we're not giving up on this show. <laughs> no. Yes. <laughs> no, well, but well, for the next time, you know, this is, this is good practice for it. All right. Question number six before our little break. What is the best candy treat for your actors? Uh, Jim, we'll make you go with that one first. Oh, best candy treat for actors. Uh, I would go with uh, peppermints. Not too bad. I like it. Keep their breath minty and fresh because pawn actors do not have minty nor fresh breaths. Jonah, what about you? What is the best candy treat you give to your actors? And the number one Halloween treat out there is Reese's peanut butter cups. Not too bad. We'll give you a point. You can't beat that. The advertising has got to you. Not not too bad for the actors. The Reese's peanut butter cups, just the peanut butter cups, though, right? Not it's the white yes. ones. It's filled. Okay. No, Nine the, of the traditional ones. ones. All right, Badger, you can still you know get right back up there as we get that halfway point. Get some bonus points for you. What do you think is the best candy treat for your actors? Chupa Cabra pops. Remember those? Uh, uh, well, yes, those. of course. I've I've had some. I'll give you a point A because you're trying to pander to the host and the, yes, a- the actors love the Chupa <laughs> Pops, uh, but I, it's not the best treat for them. Uh, the sugar high is nice. The Chupa Pops are good, but then the stupid sticks and they're, they're always got the sticks hanging out of their mouths or they're chewing on them or flicking them around. Or you got to clean up the sticks or they fall on the sticks. Then you got an OSHA thing. It's an injury thing. So we'll just, we'll just give you a point on that one. But you know, Trooper pops are good. You know, those and Tootsie pops, 
you know, the, the actors do love, but not the best. The best, of course, is your pumpkin jack-o'-lantern-shaped Snickers bars. You know, you, you got a little bit of everything in there for everybody. Chocolate, you got the peanuts, give them the protein, the energy, and you have that nice pumpkin feed. And I think we've hit the halfway point. All right, Storm, we have hit the halfway point. We are going to take a very short break from this incredibly exciting version of the 13 Questions of Doom with our guests Meat Hook Jim, Badger, and the old crone Jana. We're going to take a very short break, and we will be right back. In 1897, Dr. Alexander Hammond arrived at an institution for the criminally insane, only to discover the unsolved murders of several guards. Drivers. Where are we? Jerry Bain takes you into Black Moon Asylum, a twisted abyss of torment, madness, and the horrifying mystery of Patient 292. Time for your medication. Black Moon Asylum, a symphonic journey into darkness from Hunstrumentalist Jerry Vane. Download Black Moon Asylum at jerryvane.com, iTunes, cdbaby.com, Amazon MP3, and your favorite download site. And we're back to the roundtable of terror right before Transworld. It is the 13 Questions of Doom Haunted Food Edition. With Meat Hook Jim, Jana, the old crone, myself, Drew Badger, and of course, hosted by Storm. Take it away, Storm. You know, what's fantastic is one of the upcoming questions will be haunted food. But yes, this food fight edition of the 13 Questions of Doom. Going off wonderful. Hey, our newest contestant this time around, Jonah, she's doing real well. She's in the lead with six whole points. Jim is following up with five and a half points. But Badger's not out of it with three points. You know, the second half oh, yes, I might am. be able to score some extra points. We always have those bonus answers. We'll see who can get these right, pushing it right out of the gate. So we'll start it off with question number seven. And Badger, we'll give you this one first. Oh, what do you know? It is my haunted question. Badger, what topping would you use to create a haunted pizza? Ooh. Ghost peppers? Not too bad. We'll give you a point for that one. That'll get you there. Jonah, what about you? What would you put on pizza to make it a haunted pizza? Stole mine. Um, I'm going to go with anchovies because it makes you, your breath smell like you're dead. Uh, not too bad. I'm not, I'm not giving you any on that one because it's you know, the generic answer. It's one everybody thinks is on the pizza menu. But it's no longer there. Anchovies, you ain't going to find that. Might be on a specialty pizza, but it's probably not there. Good try, but no points on that one. Jim, what about you? How would you make a haunted pizza? Jeez. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank here. Um, I mean, I've, I obviously would have said ghost peppers, too, but um, I don't know. Italian sausage. <laughs> Again, something normally found on the menu. We're not giving any points. Nice sausage pizza isn't too bad. Personally, I love a meatball pizza, especially if it's done right. That's that's the best kind. But no, if you want to make a haunted pizza, if you want to conjure up evil spirits and have it on your pizza pie, you're using pumpkin spiced pineapple. Oh, of course. Ooh. Yes. Oh, that, that, that's the tough one there. All right, Jonah, we'll uh, kick you over for question number eight. 
first. Uh, Jonah, what would you name your food truck? Um, I mean, I don't want to do anything fancy because that's that's just too obvious. No, no, um, the, the fancy food trucks don't matter. Yeah. Gotta have some grit and go with the food trucks. Um, some of you park sh- right out there. and old lace. What was that? Arsenic and old lace. I don't know if I'd eat that, but that'd look great from a haunt. We'll give you a mm. point on that one. Uh, Badger, what about you? What would you name your food truck? My food truck, and my daughter is actually wanting me to buy a food truck because she mm, okay. thinks it's really cool. Um, I would have a food truck with breakfast pancake pastry types, and I would call it Jeepers Crapers. Ooh. Jeepers Crapers. Not too bad. We'll, we'll give you a point on that one. I think there was a crepes one. We saw a name for that was a uh, uh, pretty good with that one. I don't remember what it was, but Jeepers Creepers, not not too bad. You'd have to do the truck up like the truck from the movie too, with the rust and stuff. That that'd be good. Absolutely. It, it just you know free tetanus shot with every third crepe. <laughs> Jim, Chopped what about you? Up with an axe. What's the name of your food truck? Zombie dogs. Zombie dogs. It's not too bad. I, I, everybody's getting a point for creativity on this one. Not too bad, but the correct answer the best food truck that you could have and would look fantastic in front of a haunt is of course the midnight meat wagon ah uh, nothing could go wrong there it was uh, so jim, obvious jim we're going to drop this one right back on you number nine uh is the question we're at right now uh what's the least popular midway food least popular midway food yeah, you know, like the midway at a carnival or on. Um, kettle corn. I don't know. Those kids run for that kettle corn, man. I get it, and it, it is sugary death, but man, you throw that kettle corn out there, and you, you, for some reason, you just want some. And God forbid if somebody walks over and you like your friend gets some and they have you try some, you, for some damn reason, you're walking out with a bag of that stuff. The price just keeps going up like gas, gas and kettle corn. Uh, Jonah, what about you? What is the least popular midway food? Um, Southern fried tofu. Part of me, health-wise, would like to try that, but I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll give you a point for that one. Southern fried tofu, which is sort of offsetting everything with that, too. But, uh, I, you know, on, on the right thing, but there's still uh, definitely at least one better answer out there. Badger, what about you? I, we know you've gone to many a state fair and carnival. And you know, haunts with a wonderful midway. What what's the least popular midway food? I've eaten a lot of things on sticks. Deep fried <laughs> coronavirus laden bats on a stick. I mean, we're going there. You at least got it on a stick. I'll, I'll give you a point for that one. I don't know if I can do it. We're a little touchy there with the corona and the bats there, but uh, you're on the right track. Not too bad, but. Even less popular than that, even in these times, would definitely be the Lovecraft tentacles on a steak. No, no one's getting that. No, no one well, wants the corona, that. I the Corona it. was the Corona beer batter that you used to dip the bat in and all that. Yeah, still just <laughs> now you're trying to be more clever. I, I, if, if you weren't in last place already, I'd take a point away on that one. So, uh, but, but you're catching up, though. You know, Badger is still still in last place with six points. But uh, Jim, you know, hasn't made up too much, six and a half. But Jonah's jumping out there with eight whole points. 
So with four questions left, we're, we're really on a run for this one. Uh, and, you know, yeah, for trying to add on there, too. Badger, you're going to go first on this one. Oh, this is a good question. Question number 10. What horror icon would not be improved with bacon? Would not be improved with bacon? Would not be improved with bacon. That's a trick question because everything's improved with bacon. You would think so. But is there a horror icon that would not be improved with bacon? Wow. Trying to run through who all the horror icons are. I mean, you could say no if you want. Jaws. Jaws? Oh, come on, man. Shark tastes like scallops. Scallops wrapped in bacon. Oh, no, that 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 improved both Jaws and Bruce the Shark. I mean, you, you can't go wrong with that. Bacon? Oh, bacon seafood? No, ni- nice try, but no points on that one. Jim, what yeah. about you? What horror icon would not be improved with bacon? Freddy Krueger. Oh, interesting choice. Why are you saying that? Because he's already fried anyway, man. <laughs> Probably not a smell you want associated with that. Definitely points on that one. I don't know if we want that, you know, that bacon smell of Freddy Krueger coming around the bend. Jonah, what about you? What horror icon would not be improved with bacon? Killer clowns from space because they would taste funny. I, I like the pun. I, I like it. I'll give you a point <laughs> on that one. But Jim gets two because it is definitely Freddy Krueger. Could not be improved with bacon for, for the reasons we said. And it could probably ruin bacon for you if he doesn't murder you in your sleep. Yes. <laughs> All right, question number 11. Oh, this should be fun. Uh, Jonah, we'll kick this one to you first. Name a haunted flavored ice cream. Um, well, I would, I would start to say death by chocolate, but that's a real one. But I'm going to say, um, I, I, I'm going to say, um, I don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> Let's go with Dracula's Red Velvet. Dracula's Red Velvet? That's not too bad. Not too bad. And the Death by Chocolate was a good direction to go off there right off the thing. We'll give you half a point. Dracula's Red Velvet. He doesn't really have a red velvet cape or anything. I'm not sure. Uh, Badger, what about you? You're you're an ice cream connoisseur. What what would be a uh, haunt-flavored ice cream? It would have to be Rocky Horror Road. Ooh, ooh, that's that's impressive. I'm I'm giving you I'm giving a point and a half for that one. That's that's not too bad. Rocky Horror Road. Good we're, answer. We're getting there pretty good. good. Yeah, it's definitely a good answer. Jim, what about you? Think you can steal this question? What would be a haunt flavored ice cream? Um. Well, you know what? I am going to digress and say, since it's one of my favorite haunted attractions. Haunted Mansion ice cream. That's like a flavor? It is. Does it come like in a figment cup? You got to wait in like line for for like six hours or something? Dark chocolate covered bugs. Yeah. Is it shaped like the wallpaper? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll give you a half point on that one. I, I haven't heard that one. It's sort of a real thing and probably something I would have to wait seven hours for in a figment cup to get but uh badger was pretty close so he got the point and a half on that one um you know I, rocky road to hell would probably be the best haunt flavor but uh definitely close on that one with the rocky rocky horror road there that's good stuff two questions left 
Question my number 12. Answer, well, yeah. My alternate answer would have been pissed Ash Williams EOs. You you went but with the would, good I'm one. Glad that, I went with, I'm glad yeah. I went with the good one. Yeah, after saying it out loud, it just doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't it works better in your head. Before you continue. Uh, well, it's question number 12. This is one of the fitting questions. This is one of the fun parts of it. Uh, you know, the, the most haunt related one of it, too. It's, it's coming up to that season right now. Badger, what's the best haunt convention meal? <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't catch it. You broke up. Oh, sorry about that. You know, we're, we're, we're in that season. What's the best haunt convention meal? Ooh. Do we need to clarify which convention? Because we've all been to different ones. Not really. No, it's 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 pretty generic. It's pretty pretty self esteem You know, it's you, you're going a little generic on. We're not we're not picking an individual place. It, 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 there's really something to it. Okay. Hmm. It's more more of the food of it. Best haunt convention meal. <sighs> I would say I, I really enjoyed some of the stuff from the bar on two. At MHC, but let's see. Like what? Um, like an omelet? Like you know. No, they they would have you know bar food type stuff. I'm gonna have to go with the corn dogs from Transworld. And if Trans- Ethan Turin's listening, he he would absolutely know what I'm talking about. Where did you get Transworld corn dogs? Like, they, is it like at they're one at of the one booths? of the they're at one of the yeah they're at one of the concession stands. Ah, one of the there's a running stands. there's a running joke on one of the uh, Facebook forums with uh, our friend Ethan and corn dogs. They're, yeah, they're a foot long. Yeah, okay. They're, they're big corn dogs. All right, and that's what well, I was going to say too. Damn it! <laughs> Welcome everybody. Ten years we haven't lost our streak. Twelve year old humor in every episode of Big Scary Show. Oh, uh, Jim, Jim, no we get get you to stop laughing. What about you? What is the best haunt convention uh, meal? Well, that was what I had in mind, but you know what? Uh, God. Uh, you know, I've been, I've been to different haunt conventions all over the all over the, the country, um, and if it isn't the corn dog, uh, then I don't know. I, I I'm just gonna go with the with the red beans and rice when I went to Haunt Con in New Orleans. That's uh, that's not too bad. Where where do you get the red beans and rice from? Uh, it was a place called Dixie Grill. Mm. and it was a little hole in the wall and i love little holes in the walls and they had on top of that they had 16 dollars uh all you can drink uh hurricanes too Ooh. oh oh that, that's a meal in itself yes. well not too bad good good answer there good answer there i think we're on the right track with that too jonah what about you i don't know how many conventions you've gone out to but uh what's the best haunt convention food um, I hope I get the name of this right, but it's the barbecue place there in St. Louis, there by the American Center. Uh, what is it? Sugar, sugar rays or sugar something? Sugar fire. Sugar fire barbecue. Not too bad. You know, both you and Jim are on the right track with it. You know, I gave you guys a point and a half because, you know, there are two good answers for that. Uh, it's anything not from the uh, food court or concession stands <laughs> at the place because I'll kill you. That's why I learned it. It's a bit the, the greatest thing it drives me nuts after going to conventions and after like the s- second or third year you take a step out from convention center and you find places right there with it which will get you your meal quicker and just you, you're doing a lot better that that uh, food court food will murder you 
And of course, which is surprising, I thought Badger would have this one. The free breakfast. Oh, yeah. Oh, at uh, the free Drew. breakfast at the hotel. Yeah, at the, the, the free breakfast at the hotel. Oh, gosh. Yeah. How can yeah, we forget? I, the I, I'm surprised. I mean, that's, that's like the most talked about thing with it. I mean, people make their hotel decisions not on beds, not on price, not on many people. It's free breakfast. And oh, God forbid, if you get a drink ticket with it. Oh, my goodness. At the Drury, you get that bread. Drury Hotel. I've, I've been making my reservations there for years because of the free breakfast and the happy hour. Yep. Exactly. Oh. Exactly. I literally, so we are. literally lived off that last year. I did not go to one single restaurant in St. Louis last year. I ate nothing but Drury food for four days. Which is Gordon's food service in a can. Yeah, that, a, yeah that, that could kill you. Not as, not as quick it was as a hard port. It was an interesting ride back. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say. Windows down. Windows down. All right. We've gone nice through 12 questions this session. The food fight is on. And boy, oh boy, is it tight. You know, Badger, I, I mean, he'd really have to hit this last one out of the park. He's, uh, you know, really off there in the distance, as usual. Uh, Badger, seven, seven and a half points, trailing behind. But it is a absolute food fight, you know, Animal House style craziness going on with Jim with 10 and a half points and Jonah with 11 points. So we're half a point off here. So th this this could be, you know, Jonah or Jim to get this at all. So, of course, we're going to make Badger go first. And this this could be the most controversial question ever in the 13 questions of Doom. You have to remember that are, you know, the, the various backgrounds of all our hosts, where they are in the country. This question could be very interesting. This, this could ruin the show. We, we, we might not talk to each other after this question. Badger. Name the ingredients to poutine. Ingredients to what? Poutine. Oh, it's uh, fries, brown gravy, and real Minnesota, well, Canadian Minnesota cheese curds. The squeak cheese. Interesting. Interesting. Not the mozzarella cheese. The real curds. Mm. And Jim? I had those at the Canadian Haunted Attractions Conference in Hamilton, Ontario. So, Jim, what about you? Name... The three ingredients of poutine uh, uh obviously french fries uh and the squeaky cheese is the white cheddar cheese curds uh from canada and it is definitely brown gravy and if you so choose to have it some onions on it as well hmm. good call interesting jonah what about you Name the three ingredients to poutine. <laughs> You're muted. I know. I'm, I'm just letting her go because it is fantastic radio. <laughs> but yes, you, you just went through a wonderful diatribe, probably deconstructing food poutine like a foodie, and you're on mute the whole time. Uh, I this. So, we, no, I, I want that in. That's great. That was 30 <laughs> seconds of silence gold. Uh, Jonah, what are the three ingredients to poutine? Do you, do, I, do you want me to repeat what I said? Absolutely. <laughs> I am Newt, leg of toad, and a tear from a dragon because we don't eat that crap in the South. <laughs> Ooh. Wow. We started the fight. <laughs> Interesting, uh, go. You know what? It's, it's, this was a close match tonight. 
this is pretty good. Badger, you really pulled back into that one. Hitting it out of the park. Yes, the three ingredients of poutine are cheese curds, especially if you're pulling in Canada or uh, Wisconsin into it, uh, brown gravy and fries. Nothing else. That's why you only got two points, uh, two and a half points on that one, Jim. You were there, you had it all, and then you added onions. But, uh, you know, you may or may not be a fan of poutine, but never, never dump on an Iron Man poutine jonah no points in that one unfortunately <laughs> that cost you the game jim is our big winner tonight yay jim. he gets to hold the belt oh mm, no it, well no he gets to vie for the belt when we get a belt oh, that's true and oh, yeah. there'll be a special our challenge match clown when friend back yeah okay. there'll be a special challenge match then you realize i'm gonna go see how much a belt's gonna cost now don't you <laughs> of course <laughs> No, it's yeah. Expect more ads now, people. More ads. Yes. If you would like to sponsor the round table or another show on the Big Scary Show, so we can pay for a belt. Or the 13 questions one. of Doom belt. You can <laughs> yeah. Sponsor the 13 questions of Doom. Is there a store called Poutine RS? Uh probably, but <laughs> I I surprised Badger and Jim were were close on it and didn't go too crazy because some people, I mean, it gets it gets crazy on if it, you know what you change to do the poutine with, and the people hope. get the fancy poutines now. And, no, you know, convenience eat, stores use mozzarella cheese. The real, the real stands use real squeak cheese from. Wisconsin I've, I've seen Canada. cheese whiz. I've seen white gravy. I've seen they they get goofy with it, and you get poutine from a food truck. Oh man, they're, they're getting poutine by a food truck from a hipster. You're all oh, big problems. We got we got we got a food truck down here that does poutine. It's called the Poutine Machine. And it's that's painted, awesome. It's painted like the mystery machine from Scooby Doo. That is fantastic. That sounds so much like a seventies porn. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, everyone, thank you for playing at home. You know, again, go with the home edition. We've probably started fights if you're listening with friends on what you're putting on your haunt poutine and changing some menus for your haunt this season. And of course, we would like to thank all the contestants for the Big Scary Show's 13 Questions of Doom Food Fight Edition here on the Big Scary Show. Once again, we would like to congratulate Meat Hook Jim on his championship win tonight. And of course, down the road, there will be a match with Art the Clown. So we all look forward to that. But of course, we would also like to thank our special host, Storm. Uh, it's it's amazing. I even got this together. I'm lucky I'm not delirious. Yay, people. <laughs> Meat Hook Jim. Art the Clown, I'm coming for you. Ooh, sounds like a true heel manager. Also want to thank the old crone, Jana. I think you Yankees ga ganged up on me. <laughs> My name is Drew Badger. I think now I'm the only Yankee, but yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> I think everybody else is still south of Mason-Dixon line. Me. Ohio doesn't count. Yes, it doesn't. My name is Drew Florida Badger, of the North. And now, and now I want poutine. Damn it! <laughs> oh, this is the Round Table of Terror here on the Big Scary Show. All right now, Grubhub and DoorDash are our sponsors for group poutine at your door. <laughs> I don't think I can find Cheese. poutine in Arkansas. If, if yeah, I don't think I don't think we have something. There's a channel in northern Arkansas. You should be able to find it. We're going to Google it now. <laughs> <laughs>
And ladies and gentlemen, let's see if you've been listening closely. It is time for the March Gruesome Giveaway, sponsored by our very good friends at ScreamlineStudios.com. If you can't spot their stuff at Transworld at the Midnight Syndicate booth, go to ScreamlineStudios.com and do your shopping now. Pick out all your Halloween supplies because they have great, great things there. And you may just win one of these this month by listening carefully to the show. I am going to ask you a question in a moment. The answer, of course, is in the show. We have a brand new email address to send your entries into. We've been getting a couple of reports that some emails have been bouncing back. We've been having a couple of problems with our email server. So we have a brand new email address. So that email address is bsscontest at gmail.com. Write it down, folks, because it's important. Now, I do want to say without further ado, the question for the gruesome giveaway for the month of March, and you better get your entries in before midnight on March 21st, is... During the Round Table of Terror, a.k.a. the 13 Questions of Doom, at the beginning of it, we talked about the previous champion who was unable to attend tonight's taping to defend his title. So therefore, we have put the title on hold until he can come back on the show to defend his title. What is the name of the person who was unable to defend their title during the 13 Questions of Doom at this taping time? If you think you know that answer, again, email us your name, your phone number, and the answer to bsscontest at gmail.com before midnight on March 21st and we will randomly select an entrant and you could be the winner of a fantastic prize courtesy of ScreamlineStudios.com Previous winners and family members of the Big Scary Show are ineligible to win. Good luck everyone. Are you looking for a comprehensive ticketing solution for your haunted attraction? HauntPay has the answer. We skip the features you don't need and focus on the ones you like, such as timed ticketing and repeat time slots, variable ticket types, bundle and combo tickets, social media discounts, and now featuring all-in-one options including managing your tickets online and at the door, as well as upselling and managing your merchandise and concessions with a comprehensive report on everything at the end of the night. Head on over to hauntpay.com and get started in 60 seconds for free. Lita Ford, Devil in My Head, on The Big Scary Show.
Everybody, my name is Drew Badger. We are live at the Oddities and Curiosities Expo in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm at the Drop Dead's Design Studios booth. Seen these people here several times a year at various places. They've got some big news. I'm talking to Beth here. How you doing? I'm doing great. How you doing? Doing good. Your uh, your husband over here came over here and told me that uh, you have some big news regarding a certain big trade show coming up in a couple of weeks in St. Louis. Yes, we are super excited. We're going to be vending. This is our first year. Everyone needs to come stop by at booth 1108. We're going to have something for everybody. And when you say something for everybody, I, you know, we've had you on the show before. You've got a wide selection. You know, I love your, your walking stick type stuff. I love your weapons. But you do so much more than just that. Yeah, we do masks. We do the lighted LEDs. We do gauges. We do vintage signs. We do, you name it, we're doing it. And you're bringing the whole kit and caboodle That's out there. Right. That's right. We're going to be in an extra big booth this year. we got um, two booths. Uh, again, 1108 combines this. And um, I, I love, like, the old vintage funeral parking signs, you know, the, the cool mask here. What, whatever this baby head thing is here, that's just creeping me out. I'm not talking about that. What kind of new stuff are you going to be, are you going to be, or are you going to be debuting anything at Transworld that nobody has ever seen before? Well, we do have some new weapons coming out. 
Um, we got a few different masks coming out, uh, more of the vintage classic masks coming mm -hmm. out. So, you know, we've been working hard. We've been taking classes and learning new stuff, and we're just ready to showcase it all. Vintage masks is great because the costume ball is going to be vintage Halloween. So, you know, for you folks out there that don't have your costume ready for Trans World, you might want to come by their booth and check out their new stuff. Do you have any of that on display? I do have the Wolfman, which is fairly oh, wow. new. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's brand new. Um, we got some of the voodoo, you know, classic black and white. Um, let's see here. We didn't bring everything. We do have a witch. We do have like a vintage witch that I'm working on right now, as well as a Dracula. Any kind of like a Margaret Hamilton, Wizard of Oz kind of witch? Because that used to terrify us so bad when we were all kids. I would say it's pretty close. Ooh. Ooh, so we just have to, you know, check it out. And you've also got some lighting controllers over here, it looks okay. like. What is, what is all this going on? Okay, so we have like the vintage lighting, the gauges. Um, we have some new products that we're bringing, small round gauges, extra large gauges, and different finishes from silver to black to rust. So, mm -hmm. These would be perfect in an asylum or a mad scientist laboratory or something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Any yeah. kind of cool stuff. So once again, what is that booth you will be at at Transworld? 1108. 1108 for Drop Dead Design Studios based right here in the Carolinas. See these guys all the time. Beth, it's so nice to have you back on the Big Thank Scary you. Show. Thank you for having me. And once again, folks, Drew Badger here for the Big Scary Show at the Oddities and Conven Curiosities Expo. Oh, I can't talk. It's been late already. Here in Charlotte, and we're out. Passion is what drives us. The passion to be the best. For over 10 years, that passion has taken us from eBay to becoming the driving force in the haunted house industry. And we are just getting started. From flex props to nine-foot giants. Great details, great looks, and great pricing is the foundation we are built on. Our heart beats Halloween and haunts. We are a creepy collection. Let us deliver our passion to your haunted attraction this season. CreepyCollection.com. Now that's creepy. Broadcasting to you from the darkest reaches of the Earth. This is A Haunt Minute. And now, with this week's commentary, Storm. Alright, so one of the big news things to come down this week is a big change coming this fall to California's Great America. Now this is one of the Cedar Fair properties, so things that could happen there might be you know, a change in the industry or things going forward. So their big news, in addition to adding a new roller coaster and some rides, is that they are no longer doing their Halloween event as it was before. Nope, they're going to discontinue the Halloween haunt this year. You're not going to see that, and they're going to change it to be a little bit more family friendly and mazes and costumes and spooky characters. So it looks like that they're getting away from your teenage demographic with the haunted attractions, the mazes, the real scary chainsaw screaming stuff, and just are going to rely on a little bit of Halloween theming and, you know, happy fun stuff. 
Is this an industry change for these big parks? They can't go wrong. They can't lose because they got the rides. The rides are going to bring in people no matter what. So what some of these parks do and change might not really affect their ticket sales or people coming in. And they might see if it's going to be a good idea for a kid's thing. Thing is, you know, I've seen a lot of times, ooh, let's do a kid's thing. It'll be fun. It'll be good. And everybody thinks it's a good idea, but it doesn't bring in the tickets. Nope. Keep an eye on who's coming to your attraction. Yeah, you get some of the families and stuff, but it's those teenagers, those you know, young adults. They're your bread and butter, the ones who want the really scary stuff, who want you to amp it up and do it. So, is this just a little experiment at the park, or is this going to be a change in the industry? Are they going to move away from the spooky horror? Have we seen enough? Too much awful stuff happening in the world that we're going back to old-style happy trick-or-treating. I don't know if I'd be too, you know, opposed to more of that out there, but it'll definitely be interesting to see how it affects the haunt industry. So, until next time, keep every minute scary. Tune in next episode for another Haunt Minute. Hi, this is Josh Gates from Travel Channel's Expedition Unknown, reminding you to send all hate mail to storm at bigscaryshow.com. What was the incredible secret of the Crypt of the Living Dead? She's smart, 700 years smart, and she ain't about to get sealed up again. Crypt of the Living Dead. Kill me! Put this stake in my heart. Doomed to die one by one. Victims of the Killer Queen. You need more blood. Well, here I am, Anna. Why don't you try me? Crypt of the Living Dead. This tomb must weigh three times. Don't. She's in there. Watch the fantastic horror of Crypt of the Living Dead. Rated PG. <laughs> it's time for Ask the Old Crone. <laughs> I recently took an online writing course just for fun, and one of the lessons was about character development. As a longtime actor, both in theater and haunted attractions, I am very familiar with the basics of character development. But during the course of this lesson, I began to think about the similarities of creating a character for a novel compared to creating a character for a haunt. You may think to yourself, why do you need character development if they're only in front of a guest for five seconds? True, they don't need a full monologue, but they still need to have more personality than just a person standing in the corner with a scary mask on. This not only helps your actors have more fun, but also be more effective in their scares. So let's use a clown as an example, since that seems to be a very popular character. First, what is your goal? In other words, what do you want? Are you looking for a new puppet for the jack-in-the-box? Maybe you need food for the lions. What is your motivation, or why do you have this goal? Did the other clowns make fun of you because your last jack-in-the-box was so sad? 
Or maybe did the ringmaster threaten to feed you to the lions? And then what is the means of reaching your goal? Do you have a big cage to throw someone into? Do you have a giant mallet to hit them over the head with? Or do you have a meat cleaver to chop them up before feeding them to the lion? Does your character have an origin? Like, what made her what she is? Another thing to think about is what is the personality or psychological profile? Are they intelligent and a smooth talker? Are they very quiet and suspicious? Are they sweet and sympathetic until they're not anymore? Maybe they're a bully. Maybe they're overly aggressive or very angry. Maybe they're kind of squirrely and fidgety. When you're creating your villains, remember two distinctions. A stereotype is a cookie-cutter model and can be boring and predictable, whereas an archetype has other elements that are embellishments to that character and can be both unpredictable and unique and exciting. A few more things to look at is physical characteristics. Maybe they can hold their face in a certain way. What is their language? Is it loud? Is it boisterous? Is it high-pitched and kind of unnerving, or is it a soft whisper that can be just as scary as a yell? I have a character sheet for my actors, and the actors will fill this out, and they'll answer these questions that I'm posing to you, and it helps them to discover the villain within themselves, and hopefully this has helped you maybe come up with some ideas for your haunt. I see that the fire is burning down, so until next time, don't forget to stir the cauldron. Here we go. Hello everybody, Drew Badger here. We are live at the Oddities and Curiosities Expo in Charlotte, North Carolina. We are hanging with all the cool kids. We are wandering around, seeing all the cool stuff. I started seeing some patches up here that look familiar, like Creepsville and other stuff, and then I started looking closer. And I realize that there's some really cool stuff at this booth. I'm at the Decayed Angel Productions booth. I've got Jennifer here. How are you? I'm fine. How's the show been for you? It's been really good. Just, I mean, you know, I've been watching people come in here all the time. I mean, you've got everything here. It looks like a lot of this stuff is handmade. You're an artist and you've made a lot of this stuff. Yes, that's correct. Tell me about some of this. I mean, I see the Harry Potter stuff. I see the Guar stuff, which is just fascinating. I love the Baby Dave odorous stuff here i don't want to give him his real anyway everybody but knows his name. Yeah, everybody knows who he is but uh you know how do you make this stuff is this like resin is this um you know something else is this recycled or repurposed from another type of doll this is this is really creepy but yet really cool um typically with the dolls i will take it an existing doll and uh, modify it so if i there's not of, an existing doll that looks like odorous. No, uh, you know, no. you, you got to come up with something better. But I like, I like the size of these little dolls and their proportions, and I like how big their head is, and I like how big their eyes are. So I get these little dolls, and then I, I add epoxy sculpt to them or polymer clay, depending on how I feel on that day. Um, the larger one, I used foam clay because it was so, it's so brittle. And, and it just looks great. I, I assume these things are selling pretty well. Yeah, everything's moving off the shelves like everything looks really empty in here right now you, you do have a horrible problem here you've been vending all day and you're like almost empty shelves oh i'm so sorry to hear that <laughs>
Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been an artist for many years, and you, you've been creating this stuff. And how did you get involved with, like, Creepsville and some of the other products, the Elvirus stuff and that? Um, well, I was, I was making and selling my own stuff um, through Etsy and my, my own website for a long time. And then I decided I was going to open a shop so that I could have, like, a physical space and something that it, – it, it was expressed to me that I needed to legitimize – my company by having a, a brick and mortar shop uh-huh. and it just it's I don't know I, I find that I do a lot better selling online or doing like one-off conventions like this sure. than actually you know maintaining a space that you pay monthly rent for and you have to show up for every day which is not something I like to do <laughs> I like to work from home and I've got kids and I've got a lot of stuff going on and I have to be off by five o'clock every day so I can go train sambo and judo there, there you go. So, you know, the life of an artist is, you know, you're not a 9-to-5 person, it sounds like. No. Not at all. Not at all. So what are some of the uh, cool things here? Otherwise, I see the Frankenstein's monster. I, I'm not sure what this one is. It, it, it almost Ash. looks like Chris. I was going to say, it almost looks like Ash there. Mm-hmm. And uh, the raven and the, the stuff. Is this all yours, hand-painted? Yep. or Everything here is, is all mine, hand-painted, hand-sculpted. Um, I have a sculpture degree from um, UNCG, so got to put it to use somehow. <laughs> I like to do ceramics, and but some of the stuff that I, I, I made, like a master sculpt using like a, a soft um, wax clay, monster clay. Excellent. So, and, and people have been buying it up. They've loved yeah. it, and they're they're you know. This is a rare breather for me. I've walked past here, and I've seen people just handing you money and stuff, just saying, here, 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 here. Yeah, so. it actually makes me a little uncomfortable. I'm not used to all this attention. <laughs> <laughs> so are you going to be vending at anything else over the next few months, or is this just like a one-shot until the next have, one comes around? I don't have any plans to, to do any more vending right away. We've got a lot going on okay. in other parts of the company, so kind of have to focus on that for a while sure and i'm gonna have to work really hard to replenish my stock no (laughs) you mentioned an etsy store do you have websites or social media where people can see some of these products maybe they want to get a a dave brocky doll or a little harry potter or frankenstein's monster the star wars ceramics over here or anything like that um yeah um it's www.decayedangelproductions.com um that is the main website and then Etsy is at Samity's House of Voodoo. Very nice. Jennifer, it's been a pleasure. Congratulations on what seems to be a very successful show for you, as well as a lot. There is a lot of people here, and it looks like every vendor out here is selling like gangbusters. That's great. I love to see it. This is a perfect time for this. I think everybody got their tax returns. So. <laughs> <laughs> they got to spend that money somewhere, so why not here? Why not? So once again, DecayedAngelProductions.com. Jennifer here at the Oddities and Curiosities Expo, standing next to Drew Badger, who is also at the Oddities and Curiosities Expo here in Charlotte for the Big Scary Show, and we are out. Ohio Haunted House owners, actors, and enthusiasts, join the new Ohio Haunters Association. We are working with haunters across the state, from home to pro, to strengthen the Ohio haunt community. Open to all owners, actors, makeup artists, prop builders, designers, and Halloween paranormal enthusiasts. The Ohio Haunters Association, where haunting is the heart of it all. Look for us on Facebook.
Wednesday 13, what the night brings on the Big Scary Show. everybody, Drew Badger here at the Oddities and Curiosities Expo. We are starting to wind it down. Show floor is going to be closing in a little bit, and all I can say is I'm exhausted. It has been packed. There has been uh, probably thousands and thousands of people here, lots and lots of people buying. The vendors have been selling. Everybody's walking around with 
animal bones and horns and t-shirts and evil dolls and just crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. It's uh, Charlotte's going to be a whole lot scarier this year, I have a feeling. But wanted to, first of all, thank the organizer of all this, Michelle Consaglio, who we've had on the show talking about this, get her thoughts on this. And over the next few weeks, where is the Oddities and Curiosities Expo going? Michelle, first of all, congratulations. Looks like Charlotte 22 is in the books, and it is. For all intents and purposes, looks like it was a very successful show. Yes, it was a really long and really great day. <laughs> long, long is a, a, a good word for it. You know, yes. we've been. It's almost six o'clock. We've been here since about nine, nine thirty, setting up and everything. And you know, when those people just first started coming in, it was nonstop in here until about maybe forty-five minutes ago. Yeah, it was pretty nonstop. We, I, I mean, I think the attendance was really high. Just a mixture of things. We haven't been here in a couple years, and you know, COVID restrictions are a little bit lax now. So we're really, really excited to be back here. And it seemed like Charlotte was excited as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. If, if uh, the way people have been buying and selling is any indication. So how does Charlotte stack up with some of the shows you've had already? I know you've had a handful of them. Yeah. Um, well, we were in Atlanta last weekend and it was our biggest show since pre-COVID. And then today has got to be uh, bigger, if not about <laughs> the same. So uh, I would say it was really, really great. <laughs> And, you know, this show will air in a couple of weeks, so starting, say, end of March, where are you going to be for, like, the next few weeks? I know that you're coming to Columbus at the end of April. We're hoping to have Meat Hook Jim and, and company up there, but... uh where uh, where can people possibly see you? Because you're only a one-day show. You're not a weekend, so if you miss it on Saturday, chances are you're not going to catch them until another year. But where are you going to be from, like, March onward, April, May, for a couple of months or so? Yeah, so um, at the end of March, we'll be in Dallas last weekend. Um, first weekend of April, we'll be in Chicago. And we have a really, really stacked April. Uh, we have Chicago, Tulsa, Indianapolis, and Columbus. So almost wow. every single weekend of April... Um, and then into May, we have Minneapolis and Milwaukee. Milwaukee for our first time, so that's our the only new city this year. Um, so all the specific dates are on our website. But, yeah, we have a really, really busy April and May. <laughs> I, I hope you get those frequent flyer miles because, oh, yeah. <laughs> or at least uh, some discount on rental cars because it, it's crazy. And several of the people I've talked to here have been following you from show to show to show. So you do have some regulars that travel with you, but some of these are also just locals. Yes, yeah. Um, it's about 50-50 normally. We have a lot of, like, just North Carolina, maybe South Carolina locals at this show. But, yeah, a lot of the vendors, they travel with us. They're very loyal. We're, we love them. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to say, if any, this is any indication, this is probably going to be your biggest year yet as far as, you know, the COVID restrictions are going, going away for the most part. And... So many people. That's all I can say. Yeah, yeah. We're feeling really happy because last year was still pretty hard, but we were kind of like gaining our momentum back. But this really felt like uh, pre-COVID time. So we're really, really excited and happy to keep going this year. And I don't really foresee any, you know, any restrictions or anything like that. Things are only getting better. So it's exciting. So for people who live across the country, because you are literally going coast to coast, up and down, sideways, and all that stuff through the rest of the year, 
How can they get more information? What are the websites and social medias? Yeah, so our website is just odditiesandcuriositiesexpo.com, and our social media is just Oddities and Curiosities Expo. So you can get all the information on there um, as far as like becoming a vendor or something like that. Uh, it's booked out. Every city is booked, but we do have a wait list. So you know, if someone's listening and they're interested, then I would encourage them to fill out a wait list application, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> but besides that, um, tickets are going to be available for every event um, starting March 1st. So. And for every event, for how every nice. Event, yeah. And of course, we anxiously await Halloween where you announce the 2023 dates. We assume that they're going to be mostly the same cities. You might have a couple of extras. Nothing you can sneak to us yet, though, right? Uh, yeah. Ah. I mean, I would say everyone can assume that we'll return to their city because every city has been great. So, uh, especially Charlotte, I mean, we're definitely coming back. <laughs> nice. So, Michelle Casaglio, again, congratulations on what looks Thank to be you. a very successful show here again. You know, I'm sure the numbers will show out in a couple of weeks or days or however long that kind of thing takes. But we're going to sit here. We're going to start breaking the booth down because it looks like the show floor has just closed on the 2022 Oddities and Curiosities Expo in Charlotte. Go to their website and look for them coming to a town near you. It's a one-day show. And if you like animal bones and weird stuff and odd and curious stuff, dark art, really fun stuff, this is the place to be. Thank you again, Michelle. My name is Drew Badger here winding down the Oddities and Curiosities Expo in Charlotte. And we're out. Ready to dress up your show? Need to pump new life into old props? Just want to show something no one else has? Do what Alice Cooper, Distortions Unlimited, and A-list haunters all over the world do. Wear Von Karam. Durable, handcrafted, dependable, year after year. Von Karam. When you scare enough to wear the very best. Von Karam.com. V-O-N. C-H-A-R-O-N dot com. As we slide back into the swamp where we hid the body, we would like to thank the following sponsors. Screenline Studios. Dark Imaginings. Fright Finder. Haunt Pay. Creepy Collection. And Von Caron Productions. We would also like to thank Virgil Franklin, Master of the Ether Muse as well as the four hosts, including Storm, Ranson Moore, HauntMinute.com, Badger, Actor Trainer and Consultant, RabbitBadger.org, Meat Hook Jim, check out his other podcast at WrestleHorror.com, and Jerry Vane, the Haunstrumentalist, JerryVane.com. And finally, you. Without you, the listener, we are nothing. Big Scary Show is copyright Big Scary Show LLC, and no rebroadcast of this show may be made without express permission of the owners. All music used on the Big Scary Show is used with expressed permission of the artists themselves.